All right, Psalm chapter 145, as you take your Bible tonight, Psalm chapter 145, and if you're able to tonight, go ahead and stand uh, for the reading of God's Word, Psalm chapter 145. How many of you are tired tonight? I sense there's a lot of tired people in the auditorium this evening. I don't know if it's the heat, it's been a little warm outside, some people work harder than others, right, Brother Cole? Amen, amen. Brother Cole was outside, him and Brother Abram were working on the side of the building earlier today, like, man, it's hot, Brother Andrew. Cole said, man, I went home and took a shower, praise the Lord for that, before I came back to church, and he said, man, I forgot that shower, he was like, it was hard, it was hard, he wanted to stay home, he wanted to skip church tonight, Brother Paul. He wanted to, but he's here. Praise the Lord, he's here. Amen? <laughs> All right, Psalm chapter 145, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm conscious of the time, and I know a lot of you have been working all day and are wore out and tired. I'm not going to lie, I'm a, I feel exhausted too. We've been outside last couple of days working and just doing some different projects in the Sunday school wing, and it is hot and humid back in the Sunday school wing when the air's not on, amen? And so uh, we're going we're gonna to dive right into it tonight, and so I, I hope and pray that you can follow along quickly. And we'll get out of here. Uh, probably won't be a 30-second message, but we'll try to make it as close as possible. Psalm 145, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, I will extol thee, my God. O King, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. I'm going to read those three verses again tonight, and this primarily where we're going to be at is just these three verses. David, he writes the psalm, and he says in verse number one, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. Father, we thank you again, God, just... What an opportunity to be able to be in your house, to be around your people, to sing praises unto your name, to give, uh, Lord, our tithe and our offering. And now we come to the preaching hour. Uh, Lord, I know people are tired. I know they've been working all day. Uh, Lord, I'm not going to lie tonight. I'm I'm tired as well. Lord, it's a busy time in ministry. It's a busy time in life. And it's very easy to come in and just kind of sit through a service, and especially on a Wednesday night, not get anything out of it. Lord, I desire tonight that you would speak to all heart. Lord, I'm thankful as I've studied for this message, the reminders that you've given me, is particularly on this topic we'll be preaching about tonight. Lord, how vital it is in my Christian life as an individual, and Lord, how vital it is in our, our life as a church to understand what it truly means, Lord, to have that praise for you. Lord, I, I pray tonight that you'd use the message as only you can. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. For ten years, King Hezekiah lived under the threat of the Assyrian Empire threatening to pillage the southern tribes of Judah. And I'm sure that in that moment of time, probably maybe a couple of days out of those ten years, he probably thought this thought across his mind. What is God doing? And why is God doing it? The prophet Habakkuk watched his nation deteriorate into chaos and Because of this, injustice and evil and idolatry and violence prevailed. And early in his 
message in the book of Habakkuk, he records these words under the inspiration of the Lord. O Lord, how long will I cry for help? For years, Joseph was a slave in Egypt and then unjustly imprisoned. And I'm sure as much as we look at Joseph's life and Joseph's faithfulness to God and faithfulness to what God's called him, Joseph was human just like you and I. And I'm sure that there was probably times in the prison, in the dungeon, and and especially after speaking and interpreting the dreams for the baker and and the butler, that Joseph probably had this question cross his mind. God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing? When Abraham left home and was, God told him, hey, Abraham, I want, you to, I want you to travel away from the Ur of the Chaldees. I'm sure there was maybe some questioning in Abram's life, like, God, what specifically are you doing right now? And I can go through scripture after scripture, and I, I think of just, I had wrote some people down here. How about, how about Hannah, who was childish, childless, and, 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 and desiring to be a mother, and, 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 and then God had not at that point in time as she prayed and begged God, had opened up her womb. How about Noah as he built the ark? And for all them, all them years, not just a couple of years, but the hundred years that he was preaching, 100 plus years he was preaching, and, and the building of the ark. And how about Gideon? And how about Mary when she was uh, going about her business and the angel Gabriel appearing unto her? And man, all these people, we can look through our Bible and think, uh, maybe they cross a thought, cross their mind of, man, God, what are you doing right here? What, what's taking place in my life? And I'm sure tonight, if we're honest with ourselves, There's maybe been some times in our life where we've gone through situations or gone through circumstances that we have honestly asked, maybe not the person next to us, but we've asked God, God, why? God, what's going on? God, what are you you trying to do here? God, I'm not not mad. God, I'm not frustrated at you. I'm not shaking my fist at you. But maybe, maybe God, I I don't quite understand exactly what you have for me. In those times of we're questioning, man, I'm thankful I can go to God and ask God why. No, no, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I, uh, I, 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 have, I have five kids, and I love my kids, and, and uh, Levi's at that age where you tell Levi something, and he wants to ask that, that wonderful question, why? So then you answer the question, and then Levi asks the next question, which everybody knows is, why? And you hear why, and you hear why, and you hear why. And as a parent, can you relate, Brother Joey? Can you relate? Amen? As a parent, you're like, because I said so. Man, I'm so thankful I serve a God in heaven who doesn't treat me that way. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Can I get a witness? Amen. Man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that when I go to God in prayer and I say, God, why? That God's like, just be quiet. Just get over it. Just move on. No, Brother Joe, I'm glad that I have a God in heaven who says, listen, ask me why. Ask me why. And if I can tell you, I'll tell you why. And if not, I may say you need to wait. Or I may tell you, hey, not right now. Not at this moment. Not at this particular situation. And we can all relate to those things in our life where we've gone to God and we've asked God certain things and we've, and we've brought our petitions and our prayer requests to God and said, God, I, I, I'm not mad, I'm not upset, but God, I'm just trying to understand. And maybe God's given us the answer. Maybe God's told us, maybe God's revealed it, but maybe there's some time that God just kind of kept that back, that information to himself, if you would, and said, you know, it's just not the right time. But man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful I can go to God and say, God, I'm struggling right here. God, I'm wanting to know why. I'm wanting you to know why. In life, even when I question God, why? And even when I want to go to God and say, God, I don't quite understand all the situation. I don't quite understand why this particular prayer request isn't being answered. Man, I'm I'm glad and I'm thankful that I understand and I know. I I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I serve a God who's in control. That I serve a God that even when I am, I I have no idea what's going on, God's up in heaven not going, man, me neither, Andrew. I I I was going to ask you for advice. No, no, no. I don't serve a God who's asking me for advice. No, no, Brother Mike, I serve a God who knows everything. I, I serve a God that when I go to him for advice, he gives it. He doesn't come to me and say, hey, Brother Andrew, I need some advice. I need some counsel. 
No, no, that's not the God I serve, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I can have confidence in God's word to know that when I need an answer, whether it's a yes, whether it's a no, whether it's a maybe, maybe, maybe it's even the answer of you need to wait, or maybe you just need to be quiet and wait on me, Andrew. I'm thankful that's the kind of God I serve. And in our text tonight, David is writing a psalm, if you would, a psalm of praise. In my Bible, right below where it says Psalm 145, in, in the writing there, it says David's psalm of praise. So I looked up what the word praise means, and here's what Webster's 1828 describes praise as this. Commendation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. Man, what a, what a statement. Let me read that again. It says, uh, praise is defined as commendation bestowed on a person for his personal virtues or worthy actions. In our text tonight, we find David writing this. It's a psalm of David, a psalm of praise of David. And, 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 and if you're here and you're in Sunday school and you're in the adult Sunday school class, you're in the teen uh, department Sunday school class, you know that we've, the last couple of weeks, started a series on the life of David, looking at the life of David. And man, I've really enjoyed studying the life of David. I really have, not going to lie. Uh, maybe it's because I have the teacher book and I get to look at some other things that I bring out or don't bring out in class. I don't know, Brother Mike. It just, it's just neat to sit and look at the life of David. But one of the things that I have found about the life of David that is a big encouragement and something that God has challenged me with is the fact that David's life really parallels my own life. And if you think about it tonight, that David's life really parallels even your own life. You say, well, I'm not going to be the king. Okay, we're getting too deep here for me, all right? No, no, the, the fact that God would move and work in David's life is no different than the fact that God would move and work in our life. And that God would separate David for his service is no different than God separating you and I for his service even now in 2021. But one of the things when you study the life of David, you find this, that David is often described as this, a man after God's own heart. Man, I couldn't think of a better way to describe someone as having a heart for God. No, no, no. That, that, to me, that would be the ultimate compliment. Man, there's Brother Dan Stevens. He has a heart for God. No, I'm not trying to be facetious here when I say that, Brother Dan. No, no. I'm being real. Man, there's Brother D. Hager. Brother D., that guy has a heart for God. Hey, there's Miss Zoe. Miss Zoe. Man, she's a young lady who has a heart for God. No, that's a compliment, and that ought to be a compliment that we desire to have in our life. No, no, not, not that we walk around and go, hey, listen, I'm Brother Andrew, and I got a heart for... No, no, not that we would puff ourselves up, but that we would have a testimony, we'd have the character and the virtue and, and, and all the qualities that somebody could look at us and say, they got a heart for God. No, 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 no. They're not perfect, because neither was David. No, they're not sinless, because neither was David. Uh, they make mistakes, just like David. But man, Brother Paul, they got a heart for God. Man, what a testimony of David's life. And as you study David's life, you see this. But in saying that, David, David was a man who experienced, obviously, highs and lows. He experienced victories and defeats. Let me give you some victories that we know David for. How about David, very common one, David and Goliath. Man, what a, what a great victory that took place in David's life. Uh, we think about this, the fact that when Saul was trying to, was trying to murder David, that David did not, re, did not return in, in the retaliation and take Saul's life because David knew Saul was God's anointed. I don't know about you, uh, but I think back to when, when Saul was throwing the spear at David, and I'm thinking, man, if I was David, I would have, as soon as that spear hit the ground, I would have picked it up and chucked it right back at him. I mean, that had been my mindset. But instead, David ran and got away from Saul so that he would not kill God's man. Man, what a victory and a testimony just in that one instance right there of somebody who had a heart for God, knowing exactly God's will for his life. How about this? What about, what about the relationship David had with Jonathan? 
Man, we, I talked about this in Sunday school with the teens a couple weeks ago. Man, what a thought to think that David and Jonathan's relationship was so special and so unique. David, listen, David knowing he was anointed the next king, Jonathan knowing he was the son of Saul should have been the next king. No, no, no. I, I think we, sometimes we, we miss that in studying the life of David. Here's David anointed the next king of Israel. I, I, listen, I'm sure David wasn't walking around going, I'm the next king, I'm the next king, I'm the next king. But I'm pretty sure after his brothers watched what Samuel did to David as he anointed him, I'm pretty sure that maybe the word got around, hey, Samuel was at dad's place in Bethlehem, and he anointed David the next king of Israel. I'm sure there were some murmurings that went around, and maybe Jonathan could have had, could have had a bad, uh, bad taste in his mouth when it came to David. I'm sure Jonathan could have been jealous, could have been wicked, could have been vile. But instead, the Bible tells us that Jonathan loved David like he loved his own self. Man, what a, what a great victory. What a great, great victory in the life of David. But at the same time, when you study the life of David, David's life is hallmarked by some sin and some failures. Probably the most notable one is Bathsheba, the affair that he had with Uriah the Hittite's wife. Then not just the affair, but the murder of Uriah. Then you look at David's family and the structure and the, 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 the household of David, if you would, how it just crumbles apart. And all the chaos that goes on between David's sons and his daughters. David undoubtedly had some times in his life where he found himself asking God this question. Why, God? Why? What's going on? I, I don't quite understand what the purpose is behind this. He understood how good God had been in his life and the blessings God had given him. And because of this, we, David could pen Psalm 145 where he says these words, I will extol thee. I will praise thee. I will praise thee. In Psalm 145, we find some key characteristics of David's praise for God. And some commentators, as I was studying and reading for this, have said that this was perhaps David's favorite psalm. And, and Charles Spurgeon said this, and I thought it was really good, so I wrote it down or typed it out here. It said this about Psalm 145. He said, David had blessed God many a time in other psalms, but this, Psalm 145, but this he regarded as his peculiar, his crown jewel of praise. Certainly, David's praise is the best praise, for it is that of a man of experience, of sincerity, of calm deliberation, and of intense warmth of heart. It is not for any one of us to render David's praise, for David only could do that, but we may take David's psalm as a model, if you would, and aim at making it our own admiration, as much like it is his own as he praised God. So thinking about that and understanding the context of the Scripture, I want to preach, Lord willing, tonight on this topic, what's yours like? What's your praise like? No, no, not, not, what, not what Brother Andrew's praise is like. Not what Pastor Marshall's praise is like. Not even necessarily what David's praise is like. But what's your praise like? What's your praise like? Let's, I want to notice a couple things here. Verse number one. Let's look at this. Number one, David's praise was personal. Look at verse number one. He says, I will extol thee, my God, O king, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. David's praise was personal. You see the words used in verse number one, the word I and the word my are very significant. He says, I will extol thee. Look what he says. I will extol thee, my God. My God, I will extol thee. He says, O king, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. David's praise of God was personal. David wasn't going around and praising God off the coat strings of somebody else. David wasn't going around and saying, hey, listen, Samuel praised God and Saul praised God, and I have these mighty men over here, and I have these people over here, and I have, I have, I have this spouse. And, no, 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 David says, I, 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 he's my God. I will praise God. 
David's praise was personal. Say, can you give me some other instances, Brother Andrew? Absolutely. Look at verse number 2 of chapter 146, the next chapter over. He says, While I live, will I praise thee, Lord. I will pray, I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Psalm 138, verse number 1, David said this, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Psalm 108, verse number 3, David says this, I will praise thee, O Lord, amongst the people, and I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. Psalm chapter 69, verse number 30, David would pen these words, I will praise the name of God with the Son, and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. Psalm 109, verse number 30, David says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth, yea, I will praise Him among the multitude. Throughout the book of Psalms, David is all about praising God. And he doesn't say, you need to praise God. He doesn't say, Israel, praise God. He doesn't say, my household needs to praise God. David says, I will praise God. So let me ask you tonight, is your praise personal? You really praising God? No, 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 no. Let's think about this for a second. Let's think about this. Something good happens in our life. Something random, whatever the case is. Praise the Lord. Kind of almost as a catchphrase sometimes in church, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know? Hey, man, somebody, somebody paid for my Starbucks in front of me. Praise the Lord. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm guilty of it. I'm, let's, come on, I know it's Wednesday night. Come on, don't, don't get offended yet. We, we're still at the first point. We still got two more points to go through. No, no, no. We kind of use, sometimes we use praise the Lord just as a catchphrase. And we don't really consider the fact that when we say praise the Lord, that we're to magnify and give honor and give glory to the God in heaven who saved them. No, no, it's very easy for us just to go through life. Well, praise the Lord. Man, somebody, somebody took care of this, or man, some unexpected money. Praise the Lord. Man, I got a test result back from my health scan, and everything's good. Well, praise the Lord. No big deal, right? No big deal. No, 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 it is a big deal. It is a big deal. And David, look what he says, verse number one. I will. I, he doesn't say, oh, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to consider it. I'm going I, I, I'm, I'm I'm to debate. No, no, he says, I will extol. I will praise thee, my God, O King. I will bless my name, or sorry, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Could it be tonight that we have a hard time praising God simply because we don't know God? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about salvation. It's a Wednesday night message here. I mean, I'm assuming that a majority of us that are here tonight are saved, and if you're not saved, you don't know God. You don't know God. But it could it be tonight that we're saved, we're born again, we're on our way to heaven but we really don't know God. Could it be that we just simply got saved and thought, good to go, good to go. Tomorrow is June 10th. I'll be 30 years old tomorrow, Brother Mike. 30 years old tomorrow. Spiritually speaking. Miss Emily's looking at me like, there ain't no way you're 30. Oh, 30 years old. 30, listen, 30 years ago, tomorrow, at West Charleston Baptist Church, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God, forgive me of my sins. Come my heart be my Savior. Man, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful I can go back and I can remember the day, the Tuesday, during vacation Bible school. I still know the theme was the armor of God. I can remember the place where I was sitting at in the auditorium set up a lot like this one. I was over here on this side. And I remember during, after the Bible lesson, uh, the invitation was given. I just remember, I didn't even move, Brother Dan. I just bowed my head. I'd been in church the last couple of months. God had been convicting me, convicting me. I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And God saved me. But you know what? That day, 
I knew a little bit about God. But you know, today, 30 years later, I know a lot more about God. And here's the thing I realized 30 years later. There is a whole lot more to know about God. A whole lot more to know about God. David could praise God because David knew God. He had a personal relationship with God. It wasn't just the fact, Brother John, that David's praise was personal. His relationship with God was personal. We struggle sometimes. I struggle. I struggle sometimes giving God the praise he's due. You know why? Because my relationship with God can struggle. I'll admit it. I'm flesh and blood just like you are. And my relationship with God can struggle. And my relationship with God struggles, man, sometimes it gets hard to praise God in the bad times and in the good times. A.W. Tozer said it like this. He said, it's simply not enough to know about God. We must know God in an increasing levels of intimacy that lifts, us, that lifts us up above all reason and into the world of adoration and praise and worship. You see, God desires and God deserves our personal praise of him every day. David's mindset, and we can see this in our text here, David's mindset wasn't that he was going to praise God when things were good. No, no, he was going to praise God even when things were bad. Can you give me an example of that, Brother Andrew? Absolutely. In 2 Samuel chapter number 12, we read the story of the prophet Nathan confronting David over his sin with Bathsheba. For, for a real quick kind of synopsis here, David sins with Bathsheba. He has an affair with Bathsheba. And he tries to cover his tracks because Bathsheba conceives and has a child or is having a child with David, not her husband Uriah. So not only does David have an affair with Bathsheba, but then David has Uriah murdered. I mean, if an affair was bad enough, here David is, then he commits murder and tries to cover it on up so that nobody knows what goes on. Nobody, they're just trying to, trying, to, trying to fix his mess. But God knows. And so in 2 Samuel chapter number 12, the prophet Nathan confronts David. We know the story and, and David's rage uh, and, and, and getting frustrated at Nathan or the particular story that Nathan gives. And Nathan, basically the prophet says, you're the man, David. You're the one. You're the one that sinned against God. And here's what the Bible tells us in verse number 20. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord, and worshipped God. Brother John, David's confronted with his affair, he's confronted with the murder, he's confronted with his sin that he's been trying to hide, and the Bible tells us, here's what David does, David repents of his sins, he cleanses himself, he goes into the temple, and he worships God, but here's the next thing that David does, David pens Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is David's response to the confrontation he has with Nathan, and here's what Psalm 51 says in verse number 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Listen, when confronted with his own sin, when in great difficulty and great personal loss, David took time to worship and praise God. You know why? Because David's praise was personal. He had a personal relationship with God. Well, I don't really praise God. I just kind of just come to church and go through the motions. How well do you know God tonight? How good is your relationship with God? How, how special is your walk with God? Well, I don't really have one. It's going to be hard to praise God. No, no, no. We can praise God when we get checks in the mail for 10 grand. Amen? Oh, it got real quiet. We can praise God when there's food on the table and, and the gas. we get to the gas station before we run out of gas. Amen? We can praise God then. But man, when the rubber meets the road, and we're confronted with our sin, 
when we're confronted with our shortcomings, when we're confronted with things of our life and the, the word of God is preached and Pastor Marshall gets up here and preaches a message and God just pounds us and pounds us and pounds us and pounds us and we sit back and we're like, man, we have a hard time praising God. Maybe it's because we really don't know God like we think we do. And maybe because our relationship with God isn't what it should be. No, no, I, I'm preaching to myself when I say that. I'm preaching to myself. It's very easy to get in a rut and a routine and just go through the motions when you come to church. No, no, it's very easy to hear a message on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, a uh, uh, Sunday school class, uh, tea night, devotion, whatever the case is. It's very easy just to go through the motions and really not know God and not allow God to speak to our heart and to praise Him. Listen, not just for the good things, but even in the bad times. Lord, thank you. God, thank you for pointing out my shortcomings. God, thank you for pointing out my sin. God, thank you. Well, I, listen, I have never, I, I've got five kids. I have never, we discipline our kids with spankings, amen? And, and, and I have never, I have never had one of my kids walk up to me and go, Dad, thank you for that spanking. Brother Jake, Carson ever done that? No, right? No, no, no child has ever walked up to me and said, Dad, man, thank you so much for disciplining me. Thank you so much for spanking me. Listen, I never did that when I got spanked growing up. I don't expect my kids to do this. No, we, we, don't want to thank, we don't want to thank our parents when they discipline us. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes we don't want to thank God and praise God when he points out the wrong in our life. But can I say this? David is a prime example of somebody who committed horrible atrocities, adultery and murder. And yet when confronted with the sin, what does he do? He goes into the temple and he worships God and he pens Psalm 51. And he cries out to God, a broken and a contrite heart, and says, God... I'm going to praise you. Wow, what a thought tonight to think. You know why David was able to do that, Brother Paul? Because he had a personal relationship with God. Because God, his praise to God was personal. Look what he says, verse 1, and we'll move on. I, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Secondly, tonight, if we think about David's praise, not only was it personal, but once you notice verse number 2, here's what the Bible says, Every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. The second thing I see here is this, is that David's praise was persistent. David's praise was persistent. Dictionary defines persistence as this, continuing without withering. What a thought to think tonight that my praise of God is my praise of God persistent. Do I praise God in the good times? Do I praise God in the bad times? David's life would be a life of praise to God. He didn't always just praise God when things were good. No, 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 the Bible tells us that he praised God even in the bad times. Notice verse 2. He says, every day will I bless thee. That word bless right there is a Hebrew word that means this, to kneel down, to adore with bended knee. David says, every day, God, every day, God, no matter what takes place, no matter what the struggle is, no matter what the conflict is, God, every single day, God, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to kneel down before you. I'm going to adore you for who you are. Why? Because you're my king. You're my God. Man, David's praise was persistent. Whatever the character of the day, my circumstances, the conditions I'm dealing with, man, do I glorify God every single day through every situation? Am I persistent in my praise of God? Or do I just simply praise God when He does for me? When He does for me. As believers, our life ought to be marked by consistency and even consistency when it comes to praising God. David wasn't perfect. He had his faults. He had his failures. But David was a man after God's own heart because David was persistent in his relationship and his walk with God. 
It's easy to praise God when there's money in the bank account. It's easy to praise God when everyone is healthy. And it's easy to praise God when all is well. But when times are tough, when you're confronted with your sin, when you're confronted with something in your life, when things just, let's just be honest, when things aren't just, they're just not going your way. And it seems like, listen, it seems like every door you're going to just keeps shutting. No, no, no. Can I, can I say this? I've been there. And, and there, there's some things right now that I'm praying about that, that I'm there and I'm thinking, man, God, why? God, God, why this part of my life? Or have you not opened the door? God, why have you not, have you not answered this prayer right here? And God, why? God, why? You know what God is saying? Be persistent in your praise of me because you don't know everything. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the reminder. No, no, no. We don't know everything. We may walk around thinking like we do. We may act like we do. We may, we may tell our wife, husbands, yeah, I, I got this. I know it all. I don't need the instructions. Good to go. But the reality is we don't know it all. So are we persistent in our praise of God? Anybody ever heard the story of Louisa Stead? Louisa Stead was a, a woman that was alive during the 1800s. Regular woman. She grew up in a good home and got married and had a daughter. When her daughter was about four years old, Louisa and her husband decided they'd spend some time uh, in New York, and they, they journeyed to Long Island, went to the beach. And while they were on the beach there, they heard a, a boy crying out in the ocean. He was drowning. And so her husband, Mr. Stead, ran out into the water to go save him. And of course, when there's a drowning victim or somebody's drowning, you know, there's, there's, it's not a good situation. And ultimately, Mr. Stead drowned with the young boy. So here Louisa is on the shore with her four-year-old daughter. No husband, widowed, no job, no money, no absolutely nothing. The story goes that she was sitting at home one day and contemplating what to do. What are we going to do? How am I going to provide for my daughter? She just happened to open up the front door and found bags of groceries at the front door and an envelope full of money. She looked around to see if there was anybody by, but didn't see anybody. And very humbly grabbed the groceries and stepped back inside. She sat down at her kitchen table and she penned these words. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh for grace to trust Him more. I dare say tonight that Miss Stead had a persistent walk with God. That in the difficulty of watching her husband drown in the ocean and die in front of her and her four-year-old daughter, that her faith wasn't necessarily, listen, it wasn't necessarily in her husband, but her faith was in God. And when God supplied and God provided, she wrote that song that we sing in church tonight. Maybe tonight we're not, we aren't persistent in our praise of God simply because our trust in God is wavering. David was persistent in his praise of God because David's trust ultimately was not in himself, was not in his kingdom, was not in his finances, was not in his family. It was in God and God alone. He says this in verse 2, Every day will I bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. And then notice lastly here, verse number 3, he says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. David's praise was personal as his praise was persistent. And then lastly tonight, David's praise was purposed. Look what he says here in verse 3. Great is the Lord. And he says this, And greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. 
Have you ever seen a parent praising the failures of their child? You ever seen a parent that, that praises their child for failing? Or have you ever seen an employer praising the failures or shortcomings of an employee? I, I, man, I, I'm human, so if I make, make a mistake, and I, and I know I make a mistake, and man, if pastor came into the office and said, hey, Brother Andrew, you made a mistake right here, and you made this mistake, you made this mistake, you made this mistake, yes, preacher, I know, I know, and, and preacher goes, hey, I just want to praise you, give you a hand, I'd be like, yeah, Miss Emily's like, what? Man, I'd be like, what is on wrong with preacher? I don't know. We don't praise the failures. We don't praise the shortcomings. We don't praise those things. David's purpose in his praise was God. Look what God says in verse 3. He says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now notice what he says here. And his greatness is unsearchable. There's no question tonight why or who David was praising. His praise was purposed. It was completely directed to the Lord. David wasn't magnifying himself or simulating uh, fleshly things or desires. No, no, his praise was centered around the fact that God was great. God was good. So let me ask you tonight, when you praise God, what's the purpose behind you praising God? When you come to church, or when you wake up in the morning, you read your Bible, you spend your time in prayer, maybe God speaks to you throughout the day, you're driving, driving to work, driving to Walmart, driving to Sam's, whatever the case is, and Man, God challenges you and you go to praise God. What's the purpose behind your praise? Is it to praise God because He's done something for you? Or is it just simply to praise God because He's good? Because He's great? No, it's easy to praise God when things are great. It's easy to praise God when all things are great and good and marvelous. And man, everything's hunky-dory. But man, what about when times are tough? What about when COVID-19 hit? What about when the election hit? What about, listen, what, what about when, when inflation keeps going up? The cost of lumber, Brother Paul, keeps going on up. I mean, skyrocketing. Eh. Let's think about it tonight. What's the purpose in our praise of God? Are we simply praising God tonight because of what He's done for us? Or are we praising God tonight because He's good regardless of what He does for us? Are we praising God tonight simply because of all the benefits we get from God. Are we praising God tonight? How about this? Because of God's mercy. I think about God's mercy in my own life when I got saved, but going through Scripture, you can think about people who experienced God's mercy in their life. About the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Man, what a, what a testimony, not only of salvation, but what a testimony of praise. Come see a man. Come see a man. Let me tell you what this, what this man did, not just for me, but what he can do for you. How about this? How about Lazarus, Zacchaeus, the thief on the cross? One commentator said this about verse number three. He said, even if God never did anything good in our lives, we could spend the rest of this life praising him for what he's already done. Charles Spurgeon would pen these words. He said, there is no part of Jehovah's greatness which is not worthy of great praise. Psalm 96, verse number four, David would pen these words. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. I believe A.W. Tozer said it best when he said this, We owe God every honor that is in our power to give Him. Our everlasting grief lies in giving Him anything less. In Psalm chapter 145, verse number 1 through verse number 3, David gives us an example, if you would, of praise. It's personal. It's persistent. It's purposed. But I want you to look at chapter number 146 real quick. As God gives us 145, notice how David begins chapter 146. 
He says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. So, what's yours like? What's your praise like tonight? When was the last time you really praised God and thanked Him for His goodness? When was the last time you praised God and thanked Him for showing you where you were failing according to the Word of God? When was the last time we really just poured our heart out to God and said, God, (laughs) you're so good. Lord, regardless of what takes place, regardless of the test results, regardless of how much money's in my bank account, regardless if I live the next day, God, it doesn't matter. You're so good. Man, David, what an example David gives us in Psalm 145 to praise God. Listen, to make it personal, to be persistent, and to have some purpose in our praise as we go to God. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for the privilege it is to be able to be in your house. Lord, I'm thankful tonight of the reminders you give us when we fall short. Lord, I'm thankful tonight of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, as the Holy Spirit convicts us, and Lord, shows us, shows us areas of our life where we're falling short. And Lord, we want to... Lord, we want to... Lord, we want to praise you tonight with the right heart, and with the right spirit. And so often it's very easy, God, to praise you and to go to prayer and, and, and to be excited and to share a testimony with another brother or sister in Christ when you do good. But Lord, I believe David gives us the example that regardless of what takes place tomorrow or the next day, that we ought to praise you. And Lord, I'm thankful tonight that even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, and I don't know what the next year holds, and I, I, I don't know, Lord, I don't know uh, the last day that I'll breathe on this earth. Lord, even though I don't know those things, I know that I can praise You. Lord, I know You desire that I praise You. Lord, even in the trying times, that I would take the time just to praise You for Your goodness. Lord, I don't know how You've spoken to hearts tonight, but I, I pray that as we go to this time of invitation... Lord, that you'd be honored and you'd be glorified. But most importantly, Lord, that we ourselves as individual Christians would, Lord, would model the example that David gives us here. God, that our praise with you would be personal. Lord, that it be persistent. And Lord, that there be purpose behind the praise that we give you every single day. As we stand to our feet tonight and as the piano begins to play, the altars are open. How's your praise tonight?